So we talked about how Jesus got his name. The Bible says it was bestowed upon him. Remember, uh, the angel said from Father God, you shall call his name Jesus. His name will be Emmanuel, God with us. His name is Jesus. His name was given to him by inheritance. And because he conquered the devil, his name was given to him by conquest. There's such power in that name. And, you know, I, I, I want you to get the revelation of this. And I don't know that most people, you just got to meditate on this a little bit. When Jesus was on the earth, the Bible said he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was all God and he was all man. He was anointed by the Holy Ghost. But and I likened unto that, though, listen to me, there just was always something about his person. There was always something about his name. He was operating. Remember what he said? I don't do anything independently on my own. Whatever I see the Father do, that's what I do. Whatever I hear the Father say, that's what I say. And then he said this in the Gospel of John. I remember when they said, show us the Father. And he said, have I been so long with you? You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because the Father is in me and I'm in him. But see, with that, Yes, he laid aside his deity, but, but remember, there was something about his name. How do I know that? Well, the, he gave his authority. Remember, he had delegated authority, and he gave that authority to the apostles, to the twelve. And then he also gave it to 70 who went out two by two. And remember, the 70 came back and reported, even, what did he tell them to do? He said, to go in my name. And he said, heal the sick, you know, do all the things that I'm doing. And, and remember what the 70 came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. Listen to me. There was so much power in the name of Jesus before he went to the cross. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. No, there's something about his name. That name, yes, he, the person, carried power when he was on the earth, by, anointed by the Holy Ghost. But just the mention of his name, before he went to the cross, before he took your sin, before he went into the bowels of hell, before he was raised up, are you grateful he was raised up on the third day? I'm just wondering sometimes as the modern church, have we forgotten the power of the name of Jesus? When that name is mentioned, things change. And there is so much power in that name that demons were subject to 70 ordinary men before Jesus died on the cross. If they had that much power before his resurrection... Before he went to the cross, his name carried that much weight in the realm of the spirit. How much more weight does it carry now? We need to make much of the blood of Jesus and his name. Come on, church. We got to get back to some roots. And there's power in the name. Let's not just sing about it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love music. I love singing. I do. I try to. I try to do it every once in a while. And you all put up with it. But I don't want to just sing about it. I don't even just want to talk about it. I want to see it. 
Because God is a demonstrator. Remember, the real God demonstrates. There's no reason to gather together if we're not going to allow the real God to do something. We're not just getting together to soothe our conscience. And so part of that is just the instructions he's given me is this, that there's power in his name and we need to remember his name and we need to shout his name. I love that song that um, I think Charity and Ryan and somebody else wrote. Uh, I, I love the name of Jesus. I like to sing about Jesus. We have songs around here and don't get critical about them. But you know, in a lot of ways, I'm tired of singing about me. I want to sing to him. You know, back in the charismatic movement, the early days, Word of Faith, they sang about themselves all the time. God does some things to get some things into us. Music is good. But, but real praise and worship is about him. Amen. Everybody shout Jesus. So what else did we learn? We also saw that um, you've got to have a revelation of that name. Remember the 12 and the 70, they went by order. But remember that guy, those seven sons of Sceva? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who you be? Who are you? And remember the, the demon on the inside of that man whooped all seven of them up. Right? So it's not just you say the name of Jesus, just like everything else. you got to say it by faith, and you got to say it with revelation. And when you do, and you know what you're talking about, the devil remembers a day. I said, the devil remembers a day. What day was that? When Jesus gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. And the Bible says, if the devil would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because what the devil did not expect was for Jesus to show up in the bowels of hell. Because when Jesus was there for three days and three nights, hell shows where Satan's seat is. Uh, uh, yes, the devil's not chained to hell today, but you got to know Jesus went there according to the book of Acts. It's not talking about King David, not talking about anybody else. His soul was not left in hell. What did he do in hell? Colossians 2.15, and having destroyed principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In what? His death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his seating. Hallelujah. And now you've been given a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee's got to bow. Everything's got to bow. Things in heaven, things on earth, and absolutely everything under the earth. It's got to bow. But you got to know what it is. Amen. My spiritual father said the name of Jesus is not like a lucky rabbit's foot. I know most of you don't know what that is, but back in the day, uh, people used to carry a rabbit. I don't know why. They carried a furry thing in their pocket. That's just gross. Um, but they did, and I don't know how to lucky rabbit's foot. But a lot of people, they, they hear it, but you got to have revelation of it. Amen? And so I want to continue to talk about the name of Jesus. Are you going to shout the name of Jesus? Shout the name of Jesus for your family. Speak that holy name. Amen. And so I want to tell you, I want to remind you, we looked at this a little bit, but I want to remind you, Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, the name and the person are inseparable. And so the person of Jesus and all that he did, but the 12 and the 70 and us, we have a name. And when you speak that name, it is like Jesus is right there, standing there, making it good. 
because he could heal the sick. He could raise the dead because he and the Father were one. He had been given a name that's above every name, and he transferred, and he gave them some dele- he gave them delegated authority to do the same. And that's what you and I walk in today. We've been given the right to use his name. You've been given the right. It is a privilege. It is a right. And when you understand it, things change. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, notice it says the name. Whoever calls on the name. So when you call on the name, you call on the person because they're inseparable. If you call on that name, you'll be what? Saved. Now, I want you to think about that because everybody in the room is practically uh, born again. If you're not born again this morning, you've been away from God, you can come back to the Lord right now. You don't even have to wait to the end of the service. Just do something in your heart. Call on the name of the Lord. But that word salvation, uh, saved, is all-inclusive. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be healed. Whoever calls on the name the Lord shall be protected. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will do well. Hallelujah. Whoever calls on the the name of the Lord is saved. Hallelujah. Are you saved? Call on him on every area that you need. The name and the person are inseparable. And then Acts chapter 2 verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on. What does someone got to do? They got to call on him. They got to call on him. They got to come to him. And then Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other way. There is no salvation in no other. For there's no other name. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. Jesus and his name is the key to salvation. Jesus and his name is the key to healing. Jesus and his name is the key to victory. Jesus and his name is the key for your peace. Jesus and his name is the key for your blessing that you would walk in on the earth. Jesus and his name is the key of your salvation that's ongoing in your life. Jesus and his name. Jesus Come on, Jesus and his name. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 says, But when they believed, Phil was preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. So Peter, so Philip here, the evangelist, started doing what Jesus did. When Jesus was on the earth, he taught and he preached about the kingdom of God. The kingdom. The kingdom. That's what he talked about, the kingdom. What should be most on our lips? The kingdom. God, God's kingdom, God's way of doing things. The kingdom, the kingdom has a king. Remember back in the day when the children of Israel didn't have a king, God was their king. Remember they wanted to be like everybody else. They wanted to be like the world. I want to be like the world. I want to be like the world. I want to know what the world knows. I want to act like the world. So he said, fine. Have you a king? And he picked out a good one. And that king did what? First one, messed up. Why? Because that's what humans do. One of the things that Jesus came back to restore was the fact that we got our king back. 
We got our king back. But see, if you want to operate in this world system, then you can't operate in the kingdom at the same time. But if you'll operate in the kingdom, it'll affect the world system. And they, pre- and, and they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and what? The name. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. So he preached on the name. He preached on the name. Why? Because the name and the person are inseparable. And when he preached on the name, I want you to get that. Because if you separate them, then when you speak the name of Jesus, there's not as much power in it. But if the na- it's different. If uh, one of my staff, let's just say uh, somebody went in and they told Robert, they said, uh, Pastor Mark said. Well, that's going to carry a lot of weight. And so Robert's going to evaluate um, who, who's coming, and they're going to evaluate my character. And Pastor Robert's been with me 20-plus years, and he's going to know, did Pastor Mark really say that? And so that carries some weight. But you see, with the name of Jesus, but see, there's no power. There, there, there's some ability we can make decisions on. But when someone says, Pastor Mark said, there's no real spiritual power that comes with it. And so we need to quit being so natural about this. Because when you say the name of Jesus, all heaven backs that up. No, there's every spiritual force behind that name. Heaven bows at that name. Hell bows at that name. And earth, uh, come on, we should believe it so much that earth, the people, the things here ought to bow to that name. It's not Jesus' fault. It's not a lack of power. It's not a lack of what he's done. It's a lack of faith on the church's part in the name of Jesus. But you and I are fixing that right now. You and I are fixing that right now. There's power in the name. There's power in that name. And when he preached, Philip the evangelist preached, on the name of Jesus, what happened? Everybody there got born again. Everybody there got water baptized. And then the apostles came and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a revival in that city because of the name of Jesus. Listen, when you start singing that name, when you start saying that name, the atmosphere will change. The atmosphere will change. Jesus. Jesus. There's power in the name. There's authority in that name. All of who Jesus is is tied in with that name. Him, the person Jesus, and the name of Jesus cannot be separated unless you do the separating. In other words, when I speak the name of Jesus, I almost have to imagine myself sometimes when I say, in the, when I lay hands on a sick person and I say, in the name of Jesus, like Jesus is there doing it. That's how much weight and how much power is in that name. I can't heal anybody. Jesus already has. And when I invoke that name, there he is to make good on what he's done. There's power in his name. Because him and his name, you can't separate them. Hallelujah. So salvation in that name, and they're inseparable. Glory to God. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about something I talked about, I don't know, a few weeks ago, about the real God answers prayer. But let's look at part of this. Let's look at Jesus talking to us out of the gospel of John concerning prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God the Father 
based on something we found in the Word of God. And so let me just let me just give you this. Prayer is not you just deciding what you want to do and what you want to say and what you think ought to happen. That's a conversation with God, and you can have that. You can have a conversation with God about what you think ought to be done. The Bible says, come, let us plead together. And a lot of times, though, don't just do all the pleading. He said, I want to plead together with you. In other words, if you give him half a verse, he's going to give you the whole verse in context. If he's going to tell you, I want this, I want this, and he knows down the future that your want is going to cause you a mess, he's going to tell you, no, you need to leave that alone. You need to leave him alone. You need to leave her alone. You need to leave that alone. You need not to take that job. Why? Well, he may not tell you all the reasons why, because maybe you don't understand. You just got to get good. So there is a talking to him. There is a pleading together, but also there's a prayer. John 15 and 7, if, my, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. This is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. If I know that he hears me, then I know that I have the petitions that I've desired him. Whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. But then let's understand that, so that's prayer, but let's then look at what Jesus said concerning prayer and his name. So John 14, let's slow down a little bit. John 14, 13 through 14. It says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So whatever you ask. Now, he's understanding uh, that because of the rest of the word and because of what he's taught, that you understand you can't ask for something that's contrary to the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So whatever you ask in my name, he said, that's what I'm going to do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, what he say? Everybody say, he will do it. If you ask how. You didn't just tack it on the end. You just didn't religiously do it. But you know that when you come, you ask something in his name. And that would be things that he has done, things that he has provided, things that you have found in the word, the promises of God that are yes and amen. If you ask anything in my name, what do you say? I'll do it. Do you believe that? Do you act like you believe that? <laughs> All right. John 15. John 15, verse number 16. You've not chosen me, but I chose you. Woo! This was all God's idea. Come on, from Adam and Eve and then never giving up on humanity and sending Jesus. This was not man's idea. This was not man's plan. Redemption was not man's plan, but it's always God's plan. From the moment Adam and Eve fell, Jesus was on the way. You've not chosen me, but I chose you, and I ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit. Now, this fruit here is not the fruit of the Spirit we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. You know, joy, peace, all that. That fruit's good, but it's a different kind of fruit. And that your fruit should remain. What is that fruit? That whatever you ask it of the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. 
So this is talking about fruit in our life that is obvious how that we got it because we prayed to the Father and we ask in Jesus' name. The Bible says what? Uh, I chose you. I ordained you. I want you to have fruit in your life. I want you to have fruit that remains. And then how you're going to get that fruit is whatever you ask the Father in my name. Everybody shout Jesus. So whatever you ask the Father in that name, what? That allows the Father to give it to you. One of the church fathers said this. He said, it seems as though God can do nothing until somebody on the earth asks. I would add this. It seems as though God can do nothing until a man or woman of faith with a covenant of God ask him. Well, I just believe God answers all prayers. You believe wrong. Because some of them he can't even hear. Not physically. He hears them physically. I used to teach that a little wrong. He, he, he hears them physically, but that here in 1 John 5 is more like a court scene. And, and you got to know what you're doing when you come to the courtroom of God. Now, if you know what's going on, it's really rigged in your favor. Because the judge is your father. The attorney is your elder brother, your savior, your Lord Jesus. The prosecutor, he nothing but a bunch of hot air who has been defeated and ought not win any cases. The only cases he wins are people that don't come to court ready. Because when you come with the word and you come with the name and you come in the victory, then you're going to win every time. He said, whatever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. Hallelujah. John 16, verse 23. It says, in that day, what day is he talking about? Our day. You shall ask me nothing. So in other words, now listen, you don't pray to Jesus. You can call on Jesus. You can talk to Jesus. But this seems what he's doing is putting things officially so you can do it. So you're not, you're not, you're not talking. You're not, I, Jesus, I need you to do. No, that's not what he says. He said, in that day, you ask me how much? Well, that's just kind of technical. Well, I thought they were all one. Well, they are one, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They're, they act as one, but obviously in there, uh, we've got a Father and in Jesus' name, and then we got the Holy Ghost. So here he's saying in that day, don't ask me anything. You can talk to the Lord. You can call on the Lord. Come on. Uh, I, I yell out a lot, Jesus help me, and I mean it. And I believe that he helps me. And I don't believe this is about getting technical. But he said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Truly, truly. I say unto you, come on, he's saying, listen up, listen up. Get this, get this. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. God is not a withholder. God's hand is open to satisfy everybody. But you have to learn, and I learned that if I ask the Father with the word of God in the name of Jesus, he will give it to you. Glory to God. Verse 24. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask. So to this point, there was no ask. They just prayed to God the Father. They prayed, and they used to, even the old covenant, they prayed. But now we have a mediator. Now we have an advocate. Now we have somebody who's paid the price. Now we've had somebody, like Job said, I have no daysman. I don't have a go-between. I need somebody to put my hand on you, so that they, and they put their hand on me and pull us together. That is who Jesus is. Amen. He said, hitherto, to this point, you have never asked in my name. Go ahead and ask. 
Go ahead and ask, but don't just ask, receive. What's the only things you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them and you will have them. But you've got to ask and you do ask and do what? Receive. When? When you pray. And what? Why? So that your joy should be full. Come on. Jesus said you have not because you ask not. But see, when you ask, believe. And when you ask the Father in Jesus' name, what's the point? So that you can receive, so that your fruit would remain, so that your joy would be full. I think we ought to have more joy. What do I know about that? I don't know that enough people are believing and receiving when they pray. Because you and I should be full of joy and victory all the time. We, don't, we shouldn't have any needs. We shouldn't have any wants. We shouldn't have anything. Why? Because we ask the Father. And since we ask the Father, we know that he'll give it to us. Why? Because we ask in Jesus' name, in faith. Why? So we should just begin to rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of our faith. If we really believe, if we really pray, if we really do it in Jesus' name, all that's left to be is joyful. Hallelujah. John 16, 26. And in that day, ask in my name. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. We'll come back and talk about it. Verse 27. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. So Jesus said, he said, don't ask me to ask the Father. So I was studying this last night, and this was when I was a teenager, before I met Pastor Rhonda. I always boldly, happily tell everybody I've never been turned down for a date. (laughs) Ever. 100%. And I've retired. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so I'm 100%. Well, but... you've. Yeah, because this is what I always did. I had my buddy go ask her if he would ask you out, will you go? 100%. (laughs) There were a few no's, but I didn't ask. (laughs) Saved my reputation. But Jesus said, don't try that with me. Don't try that with me. You know, not, not, I don't know your background you came out of, but... Definitely don't ask Mary to ask me, but don't even ask me to ask him. You go ask him yourself. That reminds me when you're raising children. Mom, can you go ask Dad? No, you go ask him yourself. Even though the two are one, you go ask him yourself. I'm not going to ask for you. And that gets off, yes, I believe we should pray for one another. But... The fa- verse 26, go back up. And that day, I'll ask in my name, but I'm not going to talk to the Father. I'm not going to pray to the Father for you. Jesus is the intercessor, and he's praying for us. But when it comes to asking for things that Jesus has provided, you go right to the Father yourself. You have a relationship with the Father yourself. And, 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 and you know what? We can pray for one another and help one another. But the highest and the best is to get people to have a relationship with Father God that they can ask according to the word on their own. That's the highest. That's the highest. 
Amen. Have such relationship with God the Father that you know them, know him, that you can come boldly to his presence. Come boldly to the throne room of grace. And you can make your requests known unto him. And you come, though, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And he said, uh, verse 27 again, what, look at this. For the Father himself loves you. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave you Jesus. He loves you. Now listen, uh, Pastor Rhonda teaches this in her redemption class in, in Bible Institute. But so many times, and I get, I, I have an understanding why people do this, but they somehow think that we're covered by the blood of Jesus and the only way that God can stand to look at us is through the blood. And I get that and I understand it, but it's really not true. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. You've been made righteous. See, that kind of thinking, the way, only way God the Father can look at me is through the blood, causes you, to, you don't know it necessarily, and maybe you'll understand it after this, but it causes you to pull back. I'm never good enough. But when he changed you, he changed you. You're a child of God. And you don't need a go-between. We, we need Jesus. We need him to do what he did. But right now he said, I've done that. Now you go ahead and go to the Father yourself. Come on, all my adopted brothers and sisters, I made the way, but now he's your daddy too. He's your father too. Now you just go talk to him. Now you go ask him. You ask in my name, but you go ask him. Because the Father loves you. Why does he love you? Because you love me first. Come on, listen to me. we got to be in love with Jesus like never before. Yes. You remember what he talked about in the Revelation, uh, th what he had against the church of Ephesus, who was the most doctrinally sound church, who had the gifts of the Spirit, who did everything right. He said, I have one thing against you. You've lost your first love. We can never lose our love for Jesus because what happens is then it causes us to pull away from the Father. It causes us to pull away from these things. The Father loves you because you love Jesus and, uh, and he said, the reason is because you believed that I came out of God. And we believe that. We believe, don't make this too simple today. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe he is who he says he is. We believe he went to the cross, took our sin, took our guilt, took our pain. We believe that he went into the bowels of hell. But we believe on the third day, when, when it all had been paid for, he was lifted up. And we know this, that when he was lifted up, anyone who would ever believe on him was lifted up with him. And he put his blood on the mercy seat. And he put his, remember when he told Mary, he said, don't touch me. Why? Not because you're a woman, because I haven't put my blood. I got to go to, he remember what he said to her? I've got to go to your father and my father. Amen. Amen. And when he put his blood on the mercy seat, he sat down. And when you get born again, you get raised from the dead and you get to be seated in him in heavenly places. It is not a far, it's not begging. It is really just, I'm seated at the father's right hand. It's just really me turning to the right a little bit and asking father for what Jesus has provided for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The father himself loves you. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Can you put that in the King James? Whatsoever we ask, we what? 
Because we keep his, oh, I didn't think that doesn't sound like New Testament. We got to keep some commands. I thought I was under grace. I didn't have to do nothing no more. Because we keep his commands and do, everybody say do. Do what? Things that are pleasing in his sight. Uh-oh. Verse 23. And this is his command. Okay, so he tells you, go back. Verse 22. Whatever we ask, we receive because we do his command. How are you going to receive when you do his command? What is his command? Specifically, verse 33 says this is his command. So we, we need to pay attention. Verse 23, what is his command? And this is his commandment that we should do what? Believe on the name of Jesus. Oh, that's not hard. You got that one, right? Come on. Do you believe on the name of Jesus? I got you all worked up for nothing. Do you believe on the name of Jesus? Do you believe? And this is his command, that you believe on the name of Jesus, his son, Jesus Christ, and love. Uh-oh, but then he threw that one in. And you got to love one another. So what's his greatest command? That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul. What you love one another. And if you want to have your prayer life work when you ask the Father in Jesus' name, you got to believe on the name of Jesus. There's got to be, so I want you to get stirred up this week. I want you to be thinking, I want you to talk, I just want you to say his name all week. Every time you think about it, out loud, on the inside, Jesus. 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 I just want you to think about it. I want you to talk about it. I want you to mutter it. Jesus. And then I want you to put it in relation to prayer. When I ask the Father in Jesus' name, uh, he hears me. When I ask the Father in Jesus' name, I have the petitions that I've desired of him. Uh, when I ask the Father, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, uh, he'll give it to me. Amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus. What a name. Jesus. Amen. Because how do you, you, if you ask, you receive. How? Because you follow the commandment. What's the commandment? The commandment is that you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. But now if you're not going to walk in love with one another, it'll mess some things up. I'm just assuming everybody in the room knows how to walk in love. I know that's a bad assumption. Ever say, I know how to walk in love. Woo! Do you? It didn't just say walk in love with your wife or your husband. It didn't say walk in love with those that you like. It said walk in love. Only if you want your prayers answered. Oh, Mark 11, 25 and 26. While you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, what Jesus say, go fix it, because I can't hear you. I see your lips moving, but I can't hear you. Now, he physically can hear you, but he can't do anything about it. Walking in love is huge. It is the commandment that we live by. And what's the other one? That we believe on his name. Hallelujah. Do you believe on his name? Glory to God. All right. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Let's get into it today. Oh, it's about time to go. Let's get into it. Y'all be back, won't you? Acts chapter 3. Um, my second official sermon ever 
Brother Hagen called it a sermonette. Now, he didn't personally hear it. Uh, but uh, my sermonette was on Acts chapter 3. I remember as I first began to study this, I, been, I became enamored with the name of Jesus some 35 years ago. I, I, I had a glimpse of the power of it. And I, I became just taken by this portion of Scripture. Just taken by it. And so... Um, and the Holy Ghost really making it real to me. And so it's just uh, always been a huge part of my life and ministry. Peter and John went up together to the temple of the hour of prayer in the ninth hour. And remember there was a man uh, who was there. Uh, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom lay daily at the gate. So how many know they've seen this man over and over and over again? And they lay daily at the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms that enter the temple. So he went to where the, where the believers were going because they were generous. And so that's where he sat and he was begging. Whom seen Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked them for what? He asked them for money. I mean, no, money for him was a temporary fix so that he could eat. Right? Because he couldn't work. And then Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, said with John, look on us. Well, something different happened here. They saw him every day, every day, every day. They probably tossed him a coin or two. They probably have given him some money. But this day, the Holy Ghost, there's something different going on. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. What does that mean? Well, I'm a man, I'm going to do something. No, I believe he's saying, look at the anointing. Look at what the Holy Ghost is about to do something. And he gave heed to them. He gave, so they said, look on us. And he said, okay, I'm looking at you. And then he said, he, he gave heed to them, expecting to receive. So I don't know if he was still expecting to receive money or he had sat at the temple so long and he knew what was going on, but he was expecting. Everybody say he was expecting. <laughs> Expectation breeds miracles. Expectation causes God to be able to do something. If you come to a meeting, you come to a service with zero expectations, then that's what you're going to get. If you come to church with expectation I'm going to be taught, then taught you will be. You come to church with an expectation of a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, then he is able to manifest himself. You come to church, you come to a meeting, you come to anything with an expectation. You know, it's like this, even the natural. If you expect, I, I, I know people like this, well, I just expect nobody to like me. Well, what does that mean? Well, nobody's going to like you. Why? Because usually you do something to fulfill that expectation. When I was younger, when I was a young adult, I wouldn't say much when I was around people because I always had the expectation of myself that I would say something stupid. So I would just be quiet. When I started pastoring, I had to get over that because people thought I was arrogant. I wasn't just arrogant. I was just afraid that outside of the anointing, I was going to say something stupid. And um, Pastor Rhonda can attest, we've been places until I got over it that I would say something stupid. You know that say, oh, I just feel like I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth. Oh, I did it all the time. Why? Because that was my fear. That was my expectation. So you can have bad expectations that bring results, but you can also have good expectations. Are y'all here? Are, this man was expecting. Everybody say he was expecting. Woo! And when you're expecting, then there's going to be a delivery. Praise the Lord. That's not my sermon. Hold on. I could stop and preach it to you about it. But if there's no expectation, there's no delivery. There's no fulfilling of a promise. 
Then Peter said, silver or gold have I none. This doesn't mean they didn't ever have no money. He said, but such as I have, give I thee in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So they begin to do what they've always done. I, 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 I see here, I believe the Holy Ghost came on them. They told the man to look on us. He, he looked on them expecting to receive. All the elements were there for the injection of the name that is above every name. And when they spoke the name of Jesus, strength came into that man's legs and he leaped and he jumped and he immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaped and up, stood, and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was the beggar that was sitting at the gate because they saw him every day, every day, every day. Now, you can use the name of Jesus all the time, but when it comes to miracles and when it comes to other things, sometimes the Holy Ghost will come on you. You remember the Apostle Paul? Uh, he was walking around, and there was this uh, little girl, this young lady who was, uh, was into divination. She was using a familiar spirit, and she said, these are the men, these men are of God, and they've come to show us the way of salvation. And then he said, then, and she did that for many days. Well, why? I, I don't know. I don't know. But he finally, and the Spirit of God helped him, he got tired of it. How many of you know you don't need the devil promoting your meetings? And what did he do? I don't have time to look at it, but he commanded in the name of Jesus that spirit to come out of her. There is a time that you and I need to get to. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I command. Just so you don't have any, no, nobody in the realm of the spirit uh, misinterprets who I'm talking about. I'm going to hit Jesus, the son of the living God, Jesus of Nazareth. That's the one I'm talking about. And when they invoked that name on the man that was laying there, he immediately got up. His ankle bones received strength. He began to leap and jump. Now listen, when you come to that, there's just something about that name. Everybody say, Jesus. Woo! There's just something about that name. Verse 16, Acts 3, 16. Remember, uh, uh, then <laughs> Peter and John began to preach to everybody, and they all weren't real happy. And, you know, he, you all killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Verse 16. And his name and the name of Jesus through faith in his name. Not just saying his name, but faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you all see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Acts 4.10. Ah, be it known unto you all and to all the people of the United States of America that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, okay, maybe you didn't crucify him, but you don't respect him, whom God has raised up from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Church, there is a name that is above every name. There is a name when it's mentioned, people will be born again. 
There is a name. There is a name for believers when hands are laid on them to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues. There is a name that when it's invoked and hands are laid on people, that the sick are healed and even the dead can be raised. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. Hallelujah, the lame walk. There is a name that is given unto men whereby we must be saved. And that name has become a cornerstone in our life. They may reject him. They may stumble over him. But we must embrace him and that name. We must triumph. We must speak on that name. We got to talk about that name. We got to speak on that name. We got to pray in that name. We believe on that name. He is who he says he is. And everything that he's ever done, everything that he ever has been, the word made flesh. He came here and he took all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame stripes on his back became poor we could be rich left us his peace left us his joy it's all in the name that name should be on your lips that name should be in your heart that name shout it I love it shout it from the mountains Speak it over your family. Speak it over your job, over your business. Speak it over your school. Speak it over your city. Speak it over your nation. What a glorious name. What a powerful name. I love that name. I love that name. That name has saved me. That name has delivered me. That name has healed me. That name keeps me. What a glorious name. Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about your 